If we were to reflect with our heart and eyes on this universe, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Quran that indeed we have made this, we spread out this earth like a floor for you, like a carpet for you. And we have made, we have spread out the sky, we have made the sky like a preserving canopy for you. And we adorn the sky with the beauty of the stars. And we have made this world alternate between day and night. And we have made the night a cloak and garment for you. And we have made the day a means of earning for you. So it appears that Allah subhanahu wa has made this whole earth and the whole universe for insan, for humanity. And Allah subhanahu wa has made the human being exclusively for his own worship, for his servanthood, for his slavehood. This is why the Arabs used to say that indeed the world has been created for you, and you have been, you insan, and you have been created for the akhirah. The entire world and all that it contains has been created for you, and you, O oh Insan, have been created for the Akhra. And a poet expressed this in Persian, or in Urdu. All the crops and the gardens of this world have been made for you, Insan. So has the sun and star and the moon. All has been made for you. This whole world and universe has been made for you, but you, you have been made for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
So the whole world has been made for the humans and the humans have been made for Allah subhanahu wa So in this ayah that we recited at the start, that indeed that we have made, created jinn and humanity only for our servanthood, only for our worship, only for our slavehood. So this is the special distinctive feature of jinn and humanity. And why is it that these two creations have been selected for ubudiyya? What is different? What is different about them from other creations? So you can understand it this way: that in a person's home, there are many different people who live in the household, and each one has their own task. Each one has their own job. For example, you will have number one, the gatekeeper. His job is to keep watch at the gate. You may have a cook. The job of the cook is to prepare the food there will be a driver the job of the driver is to drive the car each and every member of the household staff has their own duty no one will take the duty of the other you will never see the you will never tell the gatekeeper to cook the food and you will never tell the cook to drive my car why? Because each and every one has their own respective duty. Just like that, in this whole world and universe, all the, the creation that Allah Subhanahu has made, each member of creation has their own separate function. The angels, their duty, all the tasks that Allah Ta'ala has made them do, they do each and every single thing that Allah Subhanahu wa commands them to do. And the rest of the universe, they are all doing. The rest of the universe is all doing the zikr of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Allah Taala says in Quran that there is nothing in this universe except that it does the tasbih or glorification, hamd or praise of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, even though you may not be able to perceive it. But every single thing in the universe is doing the praise and glorification of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. And it befits the sun and the sun, the moon, the stars, every single thing is following its own orbit, but everything is also doing the glorification of Allah SWT. So whatever task Allah SWT has assigned it, everything in the universe has been assigned the task of doing the zikr of Allah SWT. Just like that in the house, whatever task is assigned the staff, the staff will do it. However, humanity is different. Humanity is like a slave. And the slave, the slave doesn't just have one particular task that is assigned to him. The slave's job description is to do whatever the master tells him to do. The slave can't say, I'm only a gatekeeper. He can't say, tells him to do. The slave can't say, I'm only a gatekeeper. He can't say, I'm only a cook. He can't say, I'm only a driver. The slave is everything. That was staff. Staff can say that I'm just a driver and a cook or a gatekeeper. A slave, a slave has to do anything and everything that the master tells them to do. So Allah subhanahu actually has made human beings his slaves. So what is their job? They have one job, whatever their master tells them to do. And that's what it means, that's what's called ubudiyya. that is what is called servanthood and slavehood to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.
that every single moment, every single moment we look at the pleasure, what is it that my Lord and Master wants for me? What is His pleasure? And we fulfill His wishes and His pleasure for us. And if you look and see a slave, that the slave is always just waiting expectantly and looking at his master. And the second his master even gives him an indication, even a sign with his eyes, he runs and flees to do whatever his master tells him to do. He's waiting, expect, awaiting orders all the time. And his only job is to keep his master happy. So just like that in this world, we are slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and our job is to keep Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala happy. We also want to discover the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and fulfill His wishes on every single occasion. And we have to sacrifice our wishes and our pleasure for the sake of Allah Ta'ala's wishes and His pleasure. Whatever we want, we have to give that up. And we have to do what Allah Ta'ala wants for us to do. Just like a slave can recognize, a good slave recognizes the wish and will of his master, just like that the good human should learn to discover the will and wish Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala has for them. Our elders of this Ummah were exactly like this. One wali of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala used to say that one slave, he taught me a physical, a human slave of a human master, taught me what it means to be a slave of Allah. I asked that slave, that, what is your name? He said, whatever you call me, that will be my name. And then I asked him, what will you wear? He says, whatever clothes you give me, I will wear them. Then I asked him, what do you eat? And he said, whatever you feed me is what I will eat. He said, what do you do? He said, whatever you command me, that's what I will do. So he says that that human slave of a human master, he taught me what it means to be a slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That if he is being such a perfect slave to a human master, how perfect slaves we should we be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's saying, whatever you say I will do, whatever you give me to wear, I will, will be my clothing. Whatever you feed me, that will be what I eat. He completely subjugated himself to his master. If only we human beings could subjugate ourselves and be as subservient and submissive to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we should be running after the things that earn his pleasure. One wali, he said that one is, once a slave girl was being sold and nobody was willing to buy her. Why? Because she was extremely weak. She had yellow, pale skin, sickly, sickly thin. So it looked like she wouldn't be able to do any household work. So the wali said, I went and bought her. I took her home. So when I took her home, I asked her, that what will you do? She said, whatever you command me, I will do it. And then I gave her a few random assorted tasks to do. And she spent all day doing those tasks. Then when the month of Ramadan came, I told her that, okay, it's Ramadan, let's go purchase some things for the month of Ramadan. So she went, but she said, Alhamdulillah, that, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made all months of the year the same thing for me. For you, Master, it's a different for you that all of a sudden it's Ramadan, you're going to do more ibadah. But for me, every month is like Ramadan, it makes no difference to me. It means that she does so much ibadah even outside Ramadan that there's no special increase in Ramadan. So the master says, I was surprised. 
He said that, okay, it's time for Eid. Let's go get some purchasing, purchase something for Eid. So she told him that Eid, will, it will only really be a day of Eid when you are going to have pleased and when you will see your master. Eid will be when you have the deed of your Malik. Eid is when you, vis- when you get to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it says, I was stunned that look how much love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in her heart. And every night after Isha, she would come to me and she would ask, that, is there any other thing left to do? And he said, no, you can retire for the night. So then she would go and she would spread her prayer mat and she would start praying salah, praying tahajjud. And the whole right she would be making ibadat and dua and zikr to Allah. So one night, I told her, that after Isha I told her to make my bed so when she went to make my bed then all of a sudden she looked at me and I asked her that what are you looking at and she said that do you have also do you have a master she asked me that do you have a master in other words, that you are my master, do you? And all day long, I do whatever you command me to do. I'm at your service and command, and all day long, you are earning your livelihood and your wealth. And at night, you spread your bed and you sleep all night long. So then she asked him this question: That do you have a master? And said that the way she said it, it struck my heart. And then I told her that yes, indeed, I should also be pleasing my master just the way you are working to please me. So then I told her that instead of doing my khidmat, why, instead of doing my service, why don't you are better to serve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so I free you from this day onward. You're no longer a slave, I free you. So it means that we should also have this feeling that we have a master. And the purpose of our life on this world is to please that master. That person who successfully pleases his master, he has been successful. And that person who is not able to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they're unsuccessful, they're a failure. So the, how will we determine success and failure? Very simple, it's crystal clear. Who pleases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is successful and who doesn't please Allah ta'ala is a failure. It has nothing to do with happiness and sadness, worldly accomplishment or worldly attainment because happiness is also temporary, sadness is also temporary. You will not always be happy and you will not always be sad. So these are just parts of life, changing conditions in life. And a person's time is always passing between these different emotional states. But what is the purpose of a person's life? The purpose of a person's life is whether if they're happy, they should be in a state of shukr and gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if they're in a state of difficulty or sorrow, they should have sabr, they should have patience and fortitude. So the person who does shukr will also go to Jannah. The person who has sabr will also go to Jannah. Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu that the believer, when a difficulty comes, he does sabr and he will get reward for that sabr. If he gets the happiness, he does shukr and then again he will get sawab. So servanthood and slavehood means that however Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps us, a person should be pleased with their Allah. And we shouldn't have any complaints, shouldn't complain about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, shouldn't 
have bad feelings in our heart and then some, a person gets difficulties in their life in their wife or their children all of this is part of life our elders they used to always be seeking the pleasure of Allah and they had this deeply embedded in their heart that I shouldn't do it please me I'm a slave I have to do it please Allah and I have to learn how to be content with living a life that is pleasing to Allah and Allah is our beloved and whatever state and condition our beloved wants to see us in that is good for us yes we should ask Allah forgiveness and we should beg Allah Allah we are weak and we are not strong enough to bear difficulty and to bear tests so Allah be soft with us be gentle with us but if Allah sends any tough time upon us, we should have sabr, we should deal with that tough time with absolute patience and fortitude. And we should never ever leave that path, which is the pleasure of Allah And we should feel that whatever condition Allah wants to see me in, I am happy being in that condition. There was once a wali of Allah and a big difficulty afflicted him. So somebody wrote him a letter that I feel very sad that you have fallen into this great difficulty. So then the wali wrote back the letter and said, Alhamdulillah, praise be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, indeed, I am trapped in a great difficulty, but Alhamdulillah, I'm not trapped in any sin. I am in musibah, I am not in masiyah. I am in a difficulty, but I'm not in any sin whatsoever. And that is the asal, that's the real thing, that as long as we don't fall into the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then other than that, in whatever situation and condition Allah ta'ala sends upon us, we should accept that. And we should be, remain pleased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in all such conditions. And if we think about it, you will see that Allah ta'ala sends many more mercies and eases than He sends difficulties and trials. For example, if you look at your life, how many times have we had a full stomach and how many times have we been extremely hungry? How many times of our life have we been healthy and how many times have we been sick? How many times in our life have we been happy? How many times have we been sad? So if we look at it, the vast majority of the time Allah Ta'ala is sending His ease and happiness on us. If sometimes, occasionally, some difficulty or sadness afflicts us, we should have sabr, we should be patient over it. One knower of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, He said, that Allah Subhanahu's uh, pleasure and His grace upon us is always coming upon us, and His anger is only occasionally coming upon us. Whether Allah Ta'ala is sending ease upon us, even then Allah, I praise you and I glorify you. And if Allah Ta'ala on those occasions that you send difficulty upon me, even then I equally <coughs> praise and glorify you. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala used to say that, Oh Allah, it is enough is it for me that you are my Rabb. It is enough honor for me that you are my Lord. 
It is enough honor for me that you, Allah, that you are my Lord. And it is enough pride, proudness for me that I am your slave. So look, we should think that Allah Ta'ala has made us his slave. What more could we want in life? What greater honor could there be than being the slave of Allah Ta'ala? Once there was an age of famine and there was a human slave of a human master and he had a very, he was very well dressed and was walking very proudly. So somebody asked him that it's an age of famine, everybody is worried, there's hunger all over and you are walking around so proud and so tall as if there's no difficulty in this world. So then the slave responded to him that don't you know I am the slave of the ruler of the city. So then that wali said that if this person was the slave of the ruler of the city, he was so proud that I am the slave of the ruler of the city. And what do I have to worry about because my master is the ruler of the city, he has all types of treasures. So then a human beings, how proud should they be that they are the slave of Allah when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has limitless, unlimited treasures. So Sayyidi Sakti Ram Ta'ala says that once I was making tawaf and I saw a Sufi and he was a fakir, he was poor, his clothes were no ordinary, tattered. And then behind him a slave came and the slave was wearing very nice clothes and the slave walked in front of the Sufi and the slave just ignored him, sidelined him. So he said, then I asked him, that who are you? And then he replied that, you don't know who I am? I am the slave of the Amir of Makkah, Mukarramah. And so Sayyidi Sakti said, oh, so if you are the slave of the Amir of Makkuma Karma, does that mean that you should walk behind that Sufi, not in front of him? He said, why? And Sayyidi Sakti said, because you are the slave of the Amir of Makkah, and that Sufi is the slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when I said that to him and explained it to him this way, then the slave, he, his face changed and he realized. And he bought my idea, he understood what I was saying and he started walking behind the Sufi. And then when the tawaf ended, then the slave, he came to me and he said that, is there any way that I can also upgrade, that I can also become the slave of Allah? He said that, yes, you make tawbah for all of your past sins and start leading a life of taqwa, then you can also be the slave of Allah. So then he decided to lead and made true tawbah. He led a life of taqwa and three days later he died. Sri Sakti Ramana said that in Makkah Makarmah I never saw as big a janazah in my life as it was done for that slave. So many people came to pray the janazah. So why? Just because for three days he lived his life as a slave of Allah. So we are the slaves of Allah. This is who we are. We should just sacrifice ourselves for Allah. And whatever condition Allah Ta'ala keeps us in, we should be happy. Shaykh has a hajim Once a person came to him who was very pious, 
and did a lot of ibadah, but he was very sad. And he said to Shaykh, my, I'm always sick. And because of my illness, I'm not able to even go to the haram for salah and jama'at. So the Shaykh, listen, Hazrat, that this person is nakis. He seems to be deficient. He appears deficient to me. And why? Because if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent an illness upon you, and because of that illness you're not able to come to the Kaaba, then what are you sad about? Wherever you pray salah, you will get the sawab. From, because your heart wants to pray in Jama'at. So the purpose is that you should be pleased in whatever condition Allah Ta'ala has put in front of you. We're not here on earth to fulfill our own desire. And I want to do ibadat in such and such a way. No, we have to follow the hukam of Sharia. So the likeness of, the, of a believer is that camel who has been as the reins has been put on it in its nostril and now you put the reins in the hands of a small boy. Now a small boy is nothing compared to the camel. The camel is ten times the size of a small boy. Why does the camel listen to the small boy? Because the camel views himself as subservient to the human. So even if a small boy takes it by the reins, the camel follows it wherever it goes. Just like that, the mu'min is like a camel and they've given themselves the reins to the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wherever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wishes to take them, whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants them to do, they will simply do it. So they shouldn't think that my desire, my wish, my pleasure, what is that? You should be fulfilling Allah ta'ala's desire, wish and pleasure. One Wali said that once his son was getting married and they were getting ready to for the wedding and he was running around the house looking for something. So his wife came and asked him, what are you looking for? Tell me, there's the whole wedding procession is ready outside and you're inside running around looking for something? He said, oh, I'm looking for a kafan. So the wife said, a kafan? Embarrassed her? He says, yes, yes, Allah Ta'ala just sent ilham in my heart that my son who is the groom outside, he's just about to die and I'm looking for a kafan. And this, the husband and wife are having this discussion and outside in the wedding procession, this infant came that the groom was about to get on the horse and he slipped and he fell down and his neck snapped and he died. So even there have been such awliya Allah like that, that on the one hand their son's wedding procession is there, but they are inside looking for their kafan, and they have no grief or sorrow in their heart. Whatever the wish of Allah SWT is, that if this is time is this much, then I will bury him. This feeling only happens to a person after zikr. Only by doing a lot of zikr can they have such a feeling of sabr. Otherwise, In our, otherwise our condition is such that, that even when we have good things in life we're still not pleased with Allah SWT. so somebody they say, there's a saying that somebody sacrificed a whole sacrificed and roasted a whole goat for someone and someone, someone said yes the salt was a little off or the spices were a little off means that we're so ungrateful that even when we get bounties and blessings, we are ungrateful and we're unable to praise Allah Subhanahu No, the slave of Allah Subhanahu never, never tires of praising Allah Subhanahu Don't you see that the good wife never tires of praising her husband? The children never, the parents never tire of praising their children. 
the good slave is that one which never tires of praising his Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually has given us much, much more than we are worthy of, much, much more than we deserve. The ulama have written that there are three types of lovers, three types of ashik. There are three types of lovers, three types of ashik. The first one is called ashik zati. What does that mean? That they love the zat. They love the being itself. When they love the zat, then whatever their beloved tells them, they're happy. Because they love the being for the being themselves. An example of this in this world is the love that Majnoon had for Layla. And in fact, it's mentioned that Layla was so dark that her parents called her Layla because Layla is the night. That's how dark she was. So, but Majnoon was in love with her. There was once a ruler of a city and he heard the story about Majnoon. He heard this news of Majnoon and Layla, how much Majnoon loved Layla. So he summoned Layla to his court and let me see this Miss Universe. She must be a Miss Universe. She must be a beauty queen. So, but when I saw she was an average looking girl, so she said in Persian to him, he said to her in Persian, Oh Layla, you're nothing extraordinary. You're a very ordinary looking girl. You're not more pretty than the other women. So she responded to the ruler and she said, Keep quiet. You're not looking at me with the eyes of Majnoon. If you looked at me through the eyes of Majnoon, then you would have viewed me more beautiful than every woman in the whole world. And Majnoon Sahib, his actual his name was Qais, and Qais in Arabic means intelligent. But actually, later he came to be known as Majnoon, which is crazy or intoxicated. So what happened? This is the time of Sayyidina Amir Mawir radiallahu Majnoon is from the Tabi. So Sayyidina Amir Mawir, when he was Amir Mu'mineen. Sayyidina Hassan Radiallahu was also there. And Qais, he went to meet Sayyidina Hassan Radiallahu And Sayyidina Hassan told Qais that, okay, now we have made a pact with Muawiyah and I have also pledged my allegiance to Muawiyah and he is more worthy of ruling. So Qais looked at Sayyidina Hassan and Hassan asked, what are you looking at? And Qais said, you know, the truth is that the person who deserves to rule is actually Layla. Neither Mawiyah or you. And so Hassan told him that Anta Majnoon, you're crazy. So ever since that day, Kais became known as Majnoon. He was so crazy about her that he couldn't even step back from her loving her. One day his father told him that he's so embarrassed. Everybody teases me about you. You're such the most embarrassing son. Make Tawbah from this love that you have for this girl. I'll let me come out, take you to the Haram. So the father took him to the Haram, to the Kaaba. So when they went, they started making Dua. 
So what dua did he make? He said, Ilahi, that, O oh Allah, I make toba from every single sin. O oh Allah, I make toba from every single sin. However, the, for the, the love for Layla, I don't make toba from that. I can't make toba from the love of Layla. So when he said that, the father looked at him with such anger. And when the father looked at him in anger and said, What type of dua is this to make Allah subhanahu ta'ala? So then Majnoon left another poem. He said, Oh Allah don't you ever, ever take the love of Layla out of my heart. And whoever says Amin on this dua of mine, forgive that person. So he wanted his father to say Amin on his dua. So this is called Ashik Zati. This is the person who really loves that being for the being themselves. And you will see that there are many elders of this Ummah who, who were Ashik Zati of Allah You must have heard about Rabi of Basriya. In one hand she had a bucket of water, in another hand she had a fire blazing wood. So this is where are you going? She said, I want to burn, set fire to Jannah and I want to put out the fires of Jahannam. I said, why? Because I've heard that your people are actually doing ibadat only because they're afraid of Jannah or they're doing ibadat only because they want Jannah. I want to set fire to Jannah and put out the fires of Jahannam because people should only be doing ibadat out of the love for Allah SWT. That was the feeling she had at that time. She was an Ashik Zati. Ibn Afarid was an Arab, uh, Egyptian poet and he's known as Sayyid al-Ashikin, the leader of lovers. So when it came to, when it was near his death, so Allah SWT showed him his place in Jannah. And when Jannah was placed in front of him, so that he turned his eye away from it. He averted his gaze from Jannah. And he recited this poem. Oh Allah Santana, if, if in your love all my life is just worth this Jannah, then I have what, what have I earned for my whole life? I've wasted my whole life. I wanted you. I didn't want the Suleiman. I wanted you. I didn't want these Jannats. So he's the Ashik Zati of Allah SWT. And then that person who is Ashik Zati, if their beloved sends them any happiness, they're happy. And if their beloved sends them any sorrow, they're still happy. And they say we submit ourselves to whatever our beloved sends our way. That your sorrow sent from you is still beloved to me because it was sent from you, my beloved. A sorrow sent from you is even pleasing to me because it was sent from you, my beloved, Allah SWT. So this is the Ashik Zati. This is how they feel. तेरे इश्क ने मुझे गम दिया मेरे गम की उम्र दराज हो 
The love that I have for you itself has put a sorrow in my heart. And oh, let me live forever in this sorrow. It means the pangs of love. Pangs of love. So whatever situation and condition the Master puts on us, we should be happy and pleased with it. The second type of lover is called Ashik Sifati. And they love due to the attributes of the beloved. For example, to love somebody because they're wealthy. So this is a temporary love. Because when the money leaves, they stop loving that person. Loving somebody because they have a position of power in government. When they lose their seat in government, then you stop loving them. Loving someone because of their beauty. When their beauty fades, beauty is not unfading. All beauty will fade. When the beauty fades, then your love for them will fade. So this is called Ashik Sifati, the person who loves the attributes of someone. That's a weak lover. One sheikh said that when a person came to them and to spend some time with them, to spend some time with that lady, and there was one woman who was the cleaner of the bathrooms of his hanka. So this person who was visiting the sheikh, he started looking at that woman who was cleaning the bathroom. And the woman herself, she became sick and she didn't come for a number of days. And then she came again. And then the woman, she could tell this man's always looking at me. So she told the sheikh that this your student is always looking at me. So the sheikh called the student and said, look, that this woman, when you used to look at her with a lustful gaze, and now she is sick, and she is, de- she is dehydrated, and she's weak, and she's looking sickly, and now you don't look, now you didn't look at her when she came back. So what was the reason? The reason was that that thing that she loved was just her superficial beauty, and she doesn't have that right now. So now, all the days that this woman has been, this woman has been defecating, you should go there, and that's your beloved. And because she was sick, she was going to the bathroom a lot, and that's why she lost her beauty. So actually what you loved was that thing that she excreted. So go to the dung heap and look at the beauty that you loved. And we should know that that beauty that we love in when she is young, when she grows old, she will become like a dry date. So the ashik is sifati is a weak lover. And there's a third, third type of lover, and that is what we are stuck in, and that is called Ashiki Asani. Who is the Ashiki Asani? That is that person that as long as somebody is doing Asan on them, they love them. And if a little bit they withdraw their Asan, then the person withdraws their love altogether. This is exactly what we have become, Ashiki Asani. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, everything is fine in our life, then we pray our salah. And if Allah ta'ala gives us a slight downturn in our business or in our studies, then we stop praying the masjid. We stop coming in the masjid. You ask them, that, where are you? We haven't seen you in the masjid. He says, yeah, I'm having a tough time at work. As soon as things get better, I will come back. And look at this, that you want your business to get fixed first, and then you will come back to the masjid. So this is an ashiki ishani. 
And even in the Hadith, the Prophet mentioned this. That Prophet Allah Ta'ala has some servants that if they keep getting the fuzzle of Allah, then they only then will they keep doing ibadah. But Allah Ta'ala has mercy and keeps gracing them with this risk so that they keep doing his ibadah. But when Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala will stop giving, Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala will keep giving them up to a point and then will stop because then Allah Ta'ala will say that, feel that if He gives them more than that, then they will lose their iman. They will even become so caught up in the world. They will become like Fir'aun, they will become arrogant, they will be boastful. So these, this is called the Ashiki Asani. And the truth is, is that the best human being is that one who is the Ashik Zati of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the beginner is like an Ashik Isani. And then in the intermediate stage, they become Ashik. Then later on, they become Ashik Zati. But they have to make a lot of effort on this, they have to make zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on their heart, then their heart becomes firm. And then they enjoy the servanthood and slavehood of Allah subhanahu wa Now you, we should reflect that we also have people who are underneath us. And how is their relationship with us? We've seen for example on Eid al-Adha that many times people they tend to goats, they keep goats and they think that we will raise a goat or raise up a lamb and then slaughter it ourselves and they feed it a lot and the kids play with it and they wash it and they take it walking around the neighborhood and when they do that they don't wrap a noose or leash around it they just walk around and you see the goat is following it if they stop to talk to somebody the goat stops if they turn right the goat follows them in Punjabi, this is called Rakhva Layla. This means the domesticated goat, the goat that we kept at home. So if you, that animal, that you have kept him with the intention to slaughter him, an animal sacrifice, but he is so obedient to you that without any leash, without any reins, he is just following you wherever you go in the streets of your neighborhood. Wherever you go, he will follow you. So that animal is better than us. He is more loyal to his master than we are to our master. He is more obedient to his master than we are to our master. We hear the words of Adhan, Hail Salah, and we still we pass the time right through it, and we keep staying in the office and staying in the business, and we don't respond to the Adhan, we don't come to the masjid. So the animal is better than us. Then you will see there's some other animals that are also underneath us. If you reflect, that who, which are those animals that are subservient to human beings? And reflect that they're so loyal and so obedient to their human masters. For example, let's take the example of a horse. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made the horse completely obedient to human beings. So the first thing that you can see is that Allah SWT did not give the horse the ability to speak. If the horse was able to speak, then in the morning when we wake up and we say that we're going to take you and go riding, the horse could have spoken back to us. No, I'm not feeling well this morning. I didn't sleep that well at night. 
and the person who was supposed to put my feet at night, he forgot, and I want sick leave today, today I want annual leave, and I have worked at 16, where's my weekend? Where's my day off? So if a horse said this, and what we would be stunned if the horse starts speaking just like this. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make him subservient to us has not given him the ability to speak. So that whatever we want him to do, he will simply just do it. Look how much power Allah Ta'ala's mastery Allah Ta'ala gives us over animals. And it says that when we were young, we would sit in the horse cart, donkey cart that they have in Pakistan. And we used to see that it's called a tanga. And that horse that is tied to the donkey cart, he is just in the heat of the summer. Whatever passengers come, he is going. He is taking passengers to the train station. There was a passenger who was late for, running late for their train. So he told the, the person who drives the horse cart that I'll pay you double, get me to the train station quicker. Now the master doesn't think that my horse has been running around all day in the heat of the summer. He doesn't think like that. He thinks I can get double money. And it was just instead of one rupee, two rupees. And he started beating the horse. He starts beating the horse to make him go faster and faster. The horse can't look back and say, you know, he can't complain. He said, I've been running around all day. And if he's late, it's his fault. Why are you beating me? The horse can't say that. So he's getting beat and beat and beat. And however fast the horse can run, and even when he's running fast, the master, you can, as he said that we saw, he keeps hitting him. Throughout the whole ride, he keeps hitting him. Now imagine that if during this the horse needs any, has to relieve himself. We've even seen the horses have to defecate while running. They're not even allowed to stop to go to the bathroom. They go to the bathroom while they're running. Look how much subservient they are to the master. He's running, he's getting beat, he's tired, he's running faster, he's dripping with sweat, and he's going to bathroom along the way. And he finally then arrives at the station and the traveler made, cuts, cuts their train. Now the master of that horse, he will take that double money and go and enjoy a nice beverage. Now the horse was thirsty, now he doesn't have anything to drink. So what will he do? He's so thirsty, he would just go to the dirty sewer and he would drink the dirty sewer water. We've seen a horse like this. We've seen horses in our own life drinking the dirty sewer water. He just can't tell his master that you're going to enjoy a fine meal in the restaurant and you have double wages and you didn't even at least put clean water for me to drink. He's so subservient to his master. And then after a day like that, he will come back at night. And then at night, the master will ask, yeah, did somebody put the feed for the horse and said, yes, today we couldn't cut enough grass so there's only half feed. So he said, okay, no problem, give him half the food. So the horse would feel, I ran around today, at least give me my regular amount. He can't say anything, eat the half food. Then it may be a cold in the night. The master will go in his room and he will go underneath his blanket and he has his wife to attend to him. The horse is left standing outside in the coldness of there's no place, even they don't even lie down. He will stand all night long in the cold. 
that most the horse can ever sit, the horse has never lie down. All day he was running, and then all night he was stand. He's not Allah Ta'ala's, why? Because Allah Ta'ala made the horse in such a way that he's not able to lie down because he wanted him to be subservient to the human master. So Allah Ta'ala decreed that the horses will not be able to lie down. They will stand the night, they will stand all night long to make them even more slavish. Sometimes we will see that the master goes inside and he forgot, forgets to put the horse into the barn, which is a bit more warm, and he leaves the horse outside. The horse cannot complain, he cannot knock on the door and say, you forgot to put me in the barn, because he's been made a slave. He may wake up in the morning and the master may sleep late, may forget to give him his morning feed, may forget to put water on him. He may keep the horse alone. Maybe the horse gets in mating season has desire for uh, a female horse. But he cannot control that desire because he's been made completely slavish to human beings. So when Allah subhanahu wa made him such a slave to a human being, and then look at the loyalty of the horse that some people have kept their horses for their mounts in jihad so when he rides on the horse the horse can tell by the way the warrior sits on the horse that now this is the time for jihad and he takes him and rides him into the battle and in that battle there are rows and rows of the enemy and from far away they shoot their arrows now the human he had a shield or he could deflect the arrows but the arrows start hitting the body of the horse and blood is spurting out from his body he doesn't turn back he doesn't even slow down that horse the horse knows that I am a slave to my master and now this is the time for me to show loyalty to my master. Even then when they go into the ranks of the enemy and spears and swords strike the horse, still he knows that I am a slave to my master. I will go right into the sword. I will go right into the spears. I will give up my life if that's what my master tells me to do. So, oh human being, look at this animal who is so slavish and so subservient to you and you are the slave of Allah. You are supposed to be so subservient to Allah. You hear Hayla Salah and you can't even leave the, your shop or home to come to the masjid. You don't have any regard for the hukam of Allah SWT. So indeed those animals that Allah has made subservient to us, they have shown what it means to be a slave. And we have not been true slaves to Allah The slightest difficulty comes to us in our life and we start complaining. So the real woman, the real believer is that person that whenever Allah Ta'ala sends, whatever situation and condition Allah Ta'ala sends upon them, they are pleased with Allah. They remain happy with Allah Ta'ala. The Bani Israel asked in Musa Islam, how will we know if Allah Ta'ala is pleased with us? So Sayyidina Musa is coming to the mountain and asked, Oh Allah SWT, my king is asking me, how can we know if Allah is pleased with us? 
So this Mahatma says that almost says some, it's very easy tell your community that they should look into their own hearts and if in their hearts they're pleased with me, then they should know that they will know that I am pleased with them. And if in their hearts they're not pleased with me and they're upset with me, then they should know that I'm also not pleased with them and I'm upset with them. And this is what we do. We sit down and in our heart we're thinking, Allah Ta'ala, this didn't happen for me and I wanted this to happen and I didn't get this. Actually, it means that we are undisbelieved with what Allah Ta'ala wished for us. So we should never ever do that. And we should always be pleased and happy with whatever Allah Ta'ala, whatever situation and condition Allah Ta'ala has put us in. Allah Ta'ala wants that if you complain, you should complain to Allah. This was Sayyidina Yaqub said that indeed I only complain of my, I present my sorrow and grief to Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala alone. But what do we do? We present all of our worries and sorrows to creation. So those people who are the awliya Allah, they present all their worries to Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala and they are pleased with Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala in every state that He puts them in. That's why it comes in a hadith that that person who three times in the morning and three times in the evening recites the following dua that I'm pleased with Allah Ta'ala as my Lord with Muhammad Sallallahu as my Prophet and with Islam as my Deen so the Prophet said that this uh, if a person recites this dua it will be a haq it will be necessary in Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala that Allah Ta'ala forgive that person on the day of judgment. And we should say it on our tongues that we are pleased with Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. And we should feel it in our heart that we are pleased with Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. And that Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala will send His mercy on us on the day of judgment. Allah Ta'ala is so kareem, He is the most generous God. So we should, whatever situation Allah Ta'ala puts us in, happiness, sadness, health or illness, we should always be pleased with Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. That's why one Mali Velasmanta used to say that if you want to see what is your rank and in the eyes of Allah Subhanahu then you should see that what is it that Allah Ta'ala has made you do in this world. Have he, has He occupied you in good deeds and piety? That means that Allah Ta'ala has given you a high rank. And if He doesn't even let you go to the masjid, it means that in, means that in Allah Ta'ala's eyes you have a low level and a low rank. So just like a person goes regularly to the office, regularly to the shop, just like that a person should regularly come to the masjid. Here there's a proclamation from your Malik, Allah Akbar, that Allah is the greatest, come to the home. To come to the masjid for <coughs> So the whole summary of tonight's discussion was that we are the slaves of Allah. Allah Subhanahu has sent us in this world to be His slaves. And however Allah Subhanahu wishes to keep us in this world, we should be pleased with Him. If He keeps us in a good state, we should be pleased. If He puts any difficulty, sorrow on us, then we should be happy. But we can present that difficulty to Allah Subhanahu wa We shouldn't complain to other people. And we should lose ourselves in seeking the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa when a person does that, then we will become amongst the loyal, obedient servants of Allah subhanahu Then once in Hazrat Sahib saying in his neighborhood, there, there, in history there was a person in Punjab who was a wali by the name of Buldi Shah. And he said some poetry. 
in the local language and Hazri says that I would read it in the original language but I would translate it for you also. That, oh person, you are awake at night and you, you wake up at night and pray to Hajjad and you think you're a wali because you wake up at night and pray to Hajjad. Don't you know that the dogs are even better than you? You wake up at night to pray to Hajjad and you think that you're a wali, you call yourself a wali? Know that even the dogs are better than you. That in this regard, even the dogs are better than you. That they also stay up all night. The dogs also stay up all night and guard the house of the master. But in the morning, they don't get any bed to sleep on. They just lean against the wall or lie down at the bottom of a tree and then they fall asleep on the earth. They have no pillow, no blanket, no mattress. So we, if we do a night duty, if we come home, there's a curfew at home. And the wife and the children are known that don't utter a word. Don't say, and the wife is begging the children that don't utter a word. Your, your father will be upset with me. Because we come and said, I had night duty. And then we go and we stay in an air-conditioned room and look at the dog and look at us. What have we been able to eat? We have so many bounties and blessings to eat. What does the dog get? He gets scraps and bones. Dry scraps and bones. Dry scraps of bread and leftover bones. What did all night long he guards the master's house? Now, but even when we kept Prophet Tahajjud, we don't pray all night. We may pray four rakats Tahajjud, few rakats of Tahajjud. How long, much time does that take? Yet another strange thing about dogs is that if his master hits him a hundred times with a shoe, he will still never leave the home of his master. Sometimes if the master gets upset, he hits the dog with a shoe, the dog will slink back, and then in a few moments he will come right back as slink back as an obedient slave. And look at us when Allah Ta'ala sends one difficulty on us, the first thing we leave is the house of Allah Ta'ala. We leave the masjid. We say so and so is sick, so we had such and such busyness, such and such difficulty. It is the last part of the night. Why don't you get up and please your rub? Otherwise the dogs will have surpassed you. 
So we are the slaves of Allah. We have been sent and created in this world to be his slaves and to be pleased with Allah. And Allah said in Quran that we have not created the of humanity except to be my slaves. So that's why we should try to increase our slavehood to Allah. And whether we get whatever we want in this world or whether we don't, that is irrelevant. The question is that whether we become the slave of Allah and we should try to adopt this path of slavehood, whether we become the perfect slaves or we die trying, either way, our job is to adopt the path of slavehood. So whether a person gets their beloved, the lover said that whether I get my beloved or not, but I will spend my life trying to attain and win over my beloved. So we are on the name of the deen, now we have to start traveling on the path of the deen. What is love? Love means that the heart should feel pangs and pains of love. And so, and they should put, they should place their feet on the path of love. Why do they yearn to reach the destination, even if they just are on the path? That itself is the destination. In other words, if you tire on the path of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, whether you reach the destination or not, just tiring yourself out to please Him, that itself is the destination. So tonight, what we want in, in our hearts to make the decision and intention that every morning, every evening, we're going to recite this du'a three times. That I am pleased with that Allah Taala is my Rabb and Lord. I am pleased that Sayyidina Rasulullah is my Prophet and Messenger, and I am pleased with Islam as my Deen, and this is the blessing of my Allah. May Allah Subhanahu make each and every one of us His servant and slave, and give us a life of a slavehood. Wa'akul da'wana and alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. Make mu'akama.
to be your slaves, but in reality we're the most despicable of sinners, yet it became removed the filth from our hearts, removed the darkness from our hearts, removed the hardness from our hearts, Allah make our hearts bright with noor, Allah put our heart with love for you, Allah purify our gaze, Allah clean our hearts, Allah fill our breasts with your love, Allah light the flame of love in our hearts, Allah from the bottom from every core of our atom, Ya Allah, let us do zikr of you. Let us do zikr from every, every flesh and bone in our body. Ya Allah, put love for you in our body. Ya Rabbikrim, let us live a life as your slave. Ya Rabbikrim, you have given us so many bounties and blessings, and we keep breaking your commands. We keep disobeying against you. Ya Rabbikrim, you're humble. You're so patient with us. Ya Rabbikrim, you are so patient with us. Ya Rabbikrim, send your mercy upon us. Ya Allah, put our hearts on the path of taqwa. Ya Allah, give us sukoon in that taqwa. Ya Allah, send your rahmah and mercy upon us. Ya Allah, those with us. Ya Rabbikrim, you are so patient with us. Ya Rabbikrim, send your mercy upon us. Ya Allah, put our hearts on the path of taqwa. Ya Allah, give us sukoon in that taqwa. Ya Allah, send your rahmah and mercy upon us. 
You know, those who are worried due to any difficulty and remove their difficulties, ease their worries, and you know, all the bounties and blessings that you have done, sent upon us, increase us in them, you know, make us shukr and make us thankful and appreciative of them. You know, anyone who has ever asked us for any du'as, you know, accept their du'as. You know, our elders, parents, teachers, Messiah, who have passed away from this world, forgive each and every one of them. And those that you have forgiven, raise their ranks in Jannah. Ya Allah, this is the last 10 days of Ramadan. Your beloved Messenger said that the first 10 days is of mercy, the middle 10 days are forgiveness, and the last 10 days are freedom from Jahannam. Ya Allah, free us from the fire of Jahannam. Save us from the fire of Jahannam. Send your mercy upon us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, your Nabi Akrim said, Ameen, and the door of Jibreel, and woe to that person, make calamity befall that person who passes Ramadan is not forgiven. Given. Ya Allah, what if our forgiveness has not been decreed? Ya Allah, we ask that you send your mafra upon us. Ya Rabbikrim, if we are not forgiven, we will be destroyed. Ya Rabbikrim, be soft with us. Send your mercy upon us. Send your generosity upon us. Ya Allah, let Allah feel bad for us. Ya Rabbikrim, Ya Allah, have mercy on your servants and slaves. Ya Rabbikrim, Ya Rabbikrim, when any poor person goes to any rich one, even the rich person gives something to the poor. Ya Allah, we have come from far, we have listened, all gathered in your masjid, all seeking your mercy and forgiveness. Ya Allah, we have honor this Allah. Yes, send your mercy upon us, Ya Allah. Accept our du'as from your mercy, Allah. Make our future life better than our past life. Make our future life be an expiation for our past life. Ya Allah, anyone who wanted to ask for any du'as, fulfill all of their du'as. Ya Allah, those who are doing khidmat of our guests, the women who are making food, the men who are serving the food, Ya Allah, accept their khidmat. Ya Allah, all of the Muslims of Lusaka, Ya Allah, make them all of your maqbul servants and slaves. Ya Allah, those who do not yet have iman, send the hidayah of iman in the city. Ya Allah, send your hidayah on this whole world. Ya Allah, preserve all of the institutes of Islamic learning, preserve all of the works of Islamic teaching. Ya Allah, wherever Mashaikh and teaching zikr, preserve them. And Ya Allah, preserve all of the efforts to establish and revive the deen on earth. Ya Allah, accept our fast, accept our tarawih. Ya Allah, make this month of Ramadan a means of becoming closer to you, a means of earning your pleasure. O oh, our generous Rabb, Ya Allah, accept our du'as by means of your mercy.